0: Hey rippers, are you learning how to surf? But do you even have a clue? Or are you a big old kook? Since there's a million ways to kook it, you should stick around and learn a thing or two. Because if you don't know, let me tell you right now that surfers love to spot a kook. But don't get all stressed about it, because everyone kooks it once in a while. And that's the reason we started KookCast. Say it with me. The more I know, the less I kook it. (laughs) Ha. So bust out your swimmies and get ready to learn. The KookCast is here to lead you on your journey out of kookdom one episode at a time. And hopefully, offer you some traction on this slippery slope between kookery and killing it. I'm your host, Coach Chris, and I started the surf coaching and education resource, the surfcontinuum.com. Speaking of the website, make sure that you head over there and check out our new addition, the membership area. It is pretty groovy, if I do say so myself. I am a little biased. I spent two months working on it, so uh, we took a bunch of our content, all this drone footage, beach angles, surfing all over the world, and we organized it, edited it, put some narration behind it or coaching analysis, whatever you want to call it. You can tell me what it's called after you sign up. All right, you can do it for free if you want, just to poke around and check it out. Alright, this week we have my friend Dave on the show, Medium Wave Dave, as he calls himself. And we just sit by the seaside, chatting about any old random thing, watching the surf, which explains the loud-ish white noise of waves in the background. But I think all you surfers will appreciate that, that's why i do it. I think uh, anybody else would probably call it low audio quality, but I call it hi-fi. (laughs) That was so weird. Let me just let this thing play. All right, what a spot, huh? So good. Got the ocean in the back, it's probably going to be more like ocean in the foreground. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it'll be nice. Uh, Dave, welcome to the show, stoked to have you. Thank you man, timing I'm stoked to be, be here. <laughs> timing couldn't be more perfect. I literally just got out of the water, walked back to my car and see my phone like you send a message like hey just got out, you free now? <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's how it happens man. That's how we all connect. You know we share this common love. Yeah, what a good morning too huh? How was your session down there? Super fun. I, um, I keep hurting myself. It's no. something that happens more and more often and so playing soccer with Ollie and I decided to take up running thinking it would you know, be smart to, to get in better shape. <laughs> um, I, I don't know, I think I pulled something in my leg, and so I went finless. I went 88.
0: No way. And I just
1: slid around and- Don't you feel like you're more prone to disaster on the 88? Um, or no. are you just so comfortable on it? You know what it is? When I take the fin out and just slide around, like I, I, like I slid over the jetty on one, I think. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure. And it wasn't
0: even, it was just like, whee! Like. <laughs> yeah let's talk about the 88 like what what got you into all that fun stuff um ollie got us
1: into them it was you know what is? i think the first time i rode one the guys uh they're two homies of his from i think they're from like noosa zone and they were in town and uh when they launched it because there's a lot of softies out there and they had this video up and it was soft spaceman i think was the name of it mm-hmm. and it was it just looked like the epitome of fun Mm -hmm. like it the opening like ride was this guy just full on like the spaceman zone when you're on your belly head down just going at this like point break noosa wave forever and um i think that's the first time i finally tried them and then it just like you know you have a good session some it's it's weird how you you're like tasting boards and styles and how you want to surf and waves like changes over your lifespan Totally. and last summer like another one of those summers I got hurt a few times and that just became my go-to like that was just what I got the most waves on what I had the most fun on and that was like my priority it was like I'm not trying to progress this summer like I'm trying to stay in the water while
0: I'm injured and like that checked all the boxes right right on that's that's really cool that you were managed to find like a solution when other people might just be like well I guess I can't surf anymore
1: No, it's, you know, anything to get in the water to, like, keep that stoke going, to keep the blood flowing, to be around the homies, to, like, just have salty hair and sandy feet and, like, everything about it, you know? Dude, that
0: is, like, you're speaking to our tribe right now because we're all about just, like, whatever it takes, stay in the water. Like, you know, a lot of the people that listen to the show, I mean, it's a mixed board, but a lot of them are, you know, beginner surfers or intermediate surfers, and, you know, it's like everyone's looking for the the answer to how do you get better and one of the ways is just to keep going just keep getting in the water whatever it takes even if it's like 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 for you what seems like might not be a great board or something turns out it's so much fun and you're staying in the water and i just wanted to mention too because you said like oh you're not looking to progress but i think my opinion is you did anyway like if you're staying in the water and surfing you're still picking up on other things you know like water dynamics ocean dynamics crowd dynamics all these little things that are around surfing that aren't necessarily riding waves that have to do with how well you ultimately ride waves Do you know what i mean like you have to read crowds right and you have to read the waves to be able to surf them well and the only way you're going to get more practice doing that is just being in the water so just being in the water you progress you know like just on your 88 um dude you you nailed it and i think about it's weird
1: i've been like reverse engineering surfing a little bit now oh how so because i I look at it a, a, a couple ways number one like i'm like i'm an observer so like it's really interesting i see all these lessons out here and like it's a mixed bag like the the new grom for lack of a better term is like a 40 50 year old adult who's like just finding surfing right and then there's the kids too and so like I don't know like I'm always curious like what is the goal of the adults do they have the same goal as the kids does everyone just want to stand up and say they surf or like like I don't know when I started like I looked at surfing as a lifelong pursuit like that was it the first time I got on a board like I knew before I got on a board I was like well this is just what I'm going to do with my life like right, every decision right. I make is going to be based around doing this more totally totally and there's like these weird milestones that you kind of check off it's like You know, I grew up on magazines. That was how I knew about the surfing world. Because I grew up in the suburbs. And it was, you know, seeing pictures of, like, southwest France or of, you know, Kira or of, like, you know, all these iconic spots around the world. They became, like, boxes that you want to check as a surfer. You're like, I want to surf this wave. I need to do this pilgrimage. I need that adventure. I need to... And then there's, like, you know, things, like, that happen on the wave itself. Your Mm -hmm. progression of, like, your first barrel or your first nose ride or your first, you know, cutback or... You know whatever it may be and i always wonder like getting older is there a point where you stop progressing because there's things that like there's no shortcut to learning how to read a wave how to find a takeoff spot totally. knowing yeah. when to pop up knowing like there's things you control like like that just takes time there's no shortcut right your fitness you can control you could put in the time you could swim you could stretch you could whatever like
0: yeah, you can do things to <laughs> you, you speed can, it up. You can
1: do things to speed it up. Your board choice, like figuring out like this is too short, this is too big, I want to surf this way. This performs the way that I, in my brain surfing should exist like the way I want to do it. Mm-hmm. So like there's things that you play with and you can narrow down like I found it's really weird. Uh, out of all like these things that I've kind of tried to like t- separate, what is the one thing that's like s- holding me back now? Actually, I, I found two. There's two things that hold me back now. Number one is my flexibility. Ah, that's such a good topic to bring up. That's huge. Flexibility is number one. And number two is I think it's really smart for a surfer that's already like, progressed to a certain point to still take a lesson because you don't know what you're doing wrong or what you could be doing better or like what you need to work on until Mm. someone else
0: looks at it. Or until you see yourself on video. Right, video. Video Video is is. like, video doesn't lie. Honestly (laughs) like like, You can't hide on video. Right, right, it's such a good, because what you imagine something looks like based on how it feels is not how it actually looks. Oh my god, never. (laughs) And yeah, and you know what's so funny, so I got like that solo shot camera a couple years ago just to be able to create content and to use for my my students and stuff, and I swear without even the intention being there, I got better. Because I'd go home every night, review all this footage, of course I'm in there too surfing, and like I literally wasn't even studying it for like how could I get better. I mean there was a couple things where I was like, oh that's what happened there, but for the most part, I was just reviewing it quickly and getting the stuff out to my students. And I swear, like over time of looking at the footage, I was like, wow, I'm getting better at how I do that. And it was just subconsciously sinking in, you know, yeah. like pairing the feeling that I had that day while I surfed the waves, then reviewing it later that night really did wonders for my surfing. Instant feedback. But And you nailed it, dude, with the flexibility thing, because that is so true. Because as you get older, you get less flexible you calcify you stiffen you know and if you're not do actively taking a like a step towards or steps it's another lifelong pursuit basically it's not something you can do once or twice or for five minutes before you paddle out it's like it has to be a new part of your lifestyle to stay limber and to keep the flexibility because it's also how you don't get injured yeah so you really nail those two things as it's so true Um, but i gotta go back for a second because you said something that really like, resonated with me is you were talking about growing up on magazines. Yeah. And that's how I grew up too, you know, like looking at the glossy magazines. Oh my God, it was so special because it wasn't so saturated the way it is now with social media and the clips are galore. I mean, there is endless amounts of clips that you almost take it for granted. You don't really appreciate it. Yeah. Whereas back, do you remember when a magazine came in the mail after a month of waiting for the next one? Dude, it was, it was like, oh, I burned through that magazine the day it came. Yeah, and then I burned through it three more times. before the actual- And it was just so much more sacred and special. And so all those destinations that you see in the magazines really made you like yearn to go there and to get a piece of it. And I miss that because now it's like, oh yeah, see that? Oh, this guy's ripping here. Oh, this guy's surfing here. Australia. Like we're we're just so inundated with surf clips and destinations and places and perfect waves that it almost doesn't even look good anymore you Dude, know? they
1: were magical far off lands to me yeah 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 it i felt the same way like saving up everything you had to book that plane ticket and then stepping into some, you know the smell of another country totally. and like all, oh just my god all the little nuances of being somewhere completely foreign like maybe it's a different language maybe like and figuring it out like on the fly like you know before pre-packaged surf trips even it was like My first trip to Indo, like, we almost didn't get out of the airport. What happened? Because we didn't actually, we didn't book where we were staying. Because we, I was on, I was doing a, I actually circumnavigated Australia. And um, we were like in a hostel and saw in a magazine pictures of uh, Uluwatu and then kind of looked at a map and, and then went to the little, you know, hostile travel agent. We're like, Oh, tickets are pretty cheap. And like, you're on full grubby surfer budget. You know, yeah, yeah, we were, yeah. I was like 22. <laughs> and um, we're like, I think we could swing that. <laughs> like, and so we showed up there and um, luckily we kind of befriended this girl on the plane who she did like had an import business taking stuff from Indo back to Australia. And uh, we, we got through customs and they're like, where are you staying? <laughs> we're like, by the beach yeah. they're like what hotel we're like oh, holiday inn like we like we had no clue and she was kind of like there with me oh, wow <laughs> and uh i mean i had one board ba- i had one board with me i had a 610. uh my board bag was duct taped together <laughs> and i had a backpack and that was it i think we were going for like two weeks which turned into a month and a half and ended up on a boat trip to lombok Sumbawa. like we were in this one bar uh, called, I think it was called Tubes, it was on Poppy's 2 and it was where everyone would go back then in CUDA and uh, they had a big screen and there was the 98 G-Land Pro was playing and I think it may be the only year they did the G-Land Pro um, and it was just like same thing there was a little sign up window like next to the bar and we we're like wow G-Land is that close like I guess we're going to G-Land <laughs> but the whole thing was just adventure though it was like zero plan, just making your dollar stretch, and just like, where's, what's the next spot? Like, what, what are we gonna do next? It uh, sounds like the glory days. It fully was. I hope, I don't know, like,
0: does that experience still exist for new surfers? It has to. I think it's a little different. It's a little more cultivated and, and refined, but I think you could still adventure if you want to.
1: You Go- know? I think Google Maps definitely makes it possible to scout out your own spot.
0: Yeah, for sure. But it's just that so much of it is um, uh, like there. there's a, a possible schedule to have, you know, you can you can link up. It's a vacation some... instead of a surf trip. Yeah. You're like, I, yeah. I have a week off.
1: Right. Where can right. I go score?
0: Yeah, I guess there's positives and negatives to that. I'm just pretty stoked to have gotten a little piece of that myself when I was younger, you know, and, and feel that, uh, you know, just there's no plan we're just going for it you know we got our board we got everything we need to to just have fun and that's it and we'll figure it out as we go and like you just meet
1: such a interesting tribe of weirdos like on the same program totally like it's the best it brings like i love how surfing brings people together like like on dry land not that they wouldn't be friends but like there's probably nothing that would bring them together like there's no reason for them to have a conversation or be in the same place or whatever and then you throw us all out there and it's like dude, I saw you got a great wave. Like, and you're just like, everyone just stoked. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, some people are grumpy, but in general, like we're all stoked. Yeah, no, it's true. I think that the majority of it, it's easy to spot the grumpy ones just because they stick out so much. (laughs) But I mean, surface is very selfish. Well, we're selfish. It doesn't mean we're not stoked and happy though. You know, like that's so true. We are selfish, but at the same time, we're also, uh, we're pretty good hearted. I think at the core of it. I think so. I think that's why, you know,
1: they try and sell the lifestyle because it's a very, like, good lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so, all right, talk to me about, like, the beginning of your surfing journey. How did you, how did this all start off for you? First surfboard, first surf spot, first experience, like, the whole shebang. So, grew up in Westchester,
1: um, you know, like I said. Oh, mag- so far away. Kind of. I mean, the beach wasn't convenient, but we would do a vacation every summer. My grandparents retired down to uh, North Carolina, to Emerald Isle. Uh-huh. And so we'd go down there like twice a year. And once I was old enough to drive, I, I got my first surfboard. I was probably 18. Um, and kind of, I remember it was called the clubber. <laughs> and it was like a faded, beat up, like fluorescent orange and green and like had flames on the side like it was horrible <laughs> it had glass on fins i don't even know what length it was it was a shortboard it was a thruster but um took it out and i think i stood up on my first wave because i had boogie boarded right so that was the thing so i at least got used to being in the ocean got used to like knowing how to like read a lineup and like catch a wave Dude. and like they're yeah.
0: saying all the right things right now because you have no idea how many times me and evan are saying like how boogie boarding is the first step in learning how to surf you know it teaches you so many things i'm sorry to interrupt but i i got so amped up on that
1: no 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 there's so many
0: people, people are, are going to think i told you to say that basically no, no, no. we say it so much
1: no we're checking out so i love like look at what you guys I'm i'm totally getting off topic again but like i think about if i were an instructor like how would i teach someone like And like, there's all these different skills that they have to learn. Right. Like, part of it is like, how to lie on their board. Right. Like, forget. Like, let's just say you take as an instructor a lot of things out of the equation for them. Like, you put them on the right board. You put them in the right like type of wave. You put them in the spot. But like, there's so many different things. Like, when they're ready to progress onto their own and they want to go out there without an instructor, like are they gonna still know where to sit? Right, if you put right. them on another wave, other than the wave that you've had them on for instructions where they're like, cool, he showed me my lineup markers. I, I know on this tide, I more or less sit here. Are they gonna even know the difference between how tides affect where waves work? Right, Like, right. it's so, so complex. Many, it's so complex. Right. It's not for us because we've just dedicated the, our time to it. But like even knowing when there's gonna be a wave before cameras, rather than trying to figure out when there was gonna be a wave, like mm. you had to learn tides and you had to learn like how to read Buoys and like wind forecasts and all these different things that now
0: it's just like up oh, surfline cam <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> <It's text>. definitely <laughs> easier now but okay all right so all right. get back to you you boogie boarded to start I boogie boarded so, to start so the transition to the clover is is not that <laughs> <laughs> not that aggressive it wasn't that aggressive um, <laughs> wasn't like your first time in the ocean or anything like that no and we would use, we used to go down there during August
1: so it was peak hurricane season so like. I kind of threw myself right into like, it, it wasn't like microwaves, it was all of a sudden like sweet hurricane swell. Yeah, wow. And we we're, we're, were stoked because that was what we would, you know, we would live for those on boogie boards. So now it was like, well, the only difference is I got to stand up. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and I think the concept of riding a wave made sense because the boogie boarding, like I understood. Like setting around. I understood trimming. Right. I understood how you generate speed and take off speed. And then it just became, you know, once you understand how to generate speed and take off speed and stay, like, within that kind of pocket, um, it was like, all right, well, what's next? What do we want to do on the wave? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we have the foundation of of speed generation and and taking it off. And, like, then it was just, you know, perfecting your bottom turn. And then, like, all right, well, there was only so much. There wasn't really airs then. I mean, Christian Fletcher, I guess, was. But, like, it wasn't as big a part of it it was like cutbacks and off the tops Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: so it was like hell that's
0: how i still (laughs) yeah that's i mean that's
1: still (laughs) i'm the same like those things never get old taking the lip off of something you're just like in my head i'm like wow i'm
0: still trying to do a good cutback that's how i feel you know what i mean like i'll do a million cutbacks a day and still be like obsessed with trying to do it better you know it's endless
1: it really is like being able to fully keep speed through that whole turn and then wrap it both around. Like when it comes together, it's so magical. Oh my God, what a good feeling. It's getting me all fired up right now. <laughs> <laughs> but this is like, you need those foundational things. Like it starts with your bod- like your pop and then your bottom turn and like, and then trimming. And then like, you know, there's like a hierarchy of things that you have to learn to progress as a surfer. You don't just all of a sudden like go into cutbacks. Right, 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 it's, like, right, sure. You get there when you're ready for it. Right, right, good point. But wait, so what happened after the club? Or I guess, I'll fast forward a little bit to college. My, like one of my first friends um, was from San Diego. Oh, cool. So fall break, I went out to San Diego and I guess that was my first semi-surf trip. Uh-huh. Um, and then post-college, you know, everyone out, I, I went to college for mechanical engineering, funny. And everyone went to got real, get real jobs. Like everyone's so freaked out. They're like, no, you gotta go get a job. Like, I think I skipped the engineering test. And uh, was like, no, I learned, like I have the rest of my life to work. I'm gonna go surf. Yeah. So I went with <laughs> him out to Southern California. We he we lived in La Jolla, and um, took the summer, and that was it. We got like, these. Are you dying on battery?
0: Yeah, but we're good. We're ah. good. <laughs> <laughs> we're on 19 percent. Oh, no. dude, we're golden. Yeah, we're Didn't good. Didn't you start with 20? Uh, no, like 24, <laughs> I think.
1: Oh, dude, killing. No, it. we're good. We're right on track. No what So we. It was so funny. We we're like, college educated like from like a pretty good college and we got jobs at the Del Mar Fair and I worked at a candy counter and he uh, he worked as a parking lot attendant (laughs) because we just wanted enough money to like get tacos and surf all the time blacks became our spot we pretty much surf blacks every day and at the end of the summer we took the little money we saved up and we rented an old Isuzu trooper and our buddy had um, his family ran the insurance agency at the border so we got the border insurance so we could drive into Mexico and on this old tro- trooper he knew how to take to undo the odometer so we undid the odometer this thing had like bald tires like it was i think it had over like two hundred thousand miles like it had no business going. <laughs> why because they to were going to like calculate how far you went or something yeah so i think we had to pay for miles and we definitely weren't supposed to go out of the country on this thing <laughs> but like you know we we're, were like oh fuck it we're going to mexico <laughs> yeah. and so that was like the first legit surf trip we took that thing all the way down to cabo
0: no way. You did the whole peninsula? We did
1: the whole peninsula Sick. and we surfed our way through like northern Baja, through like K 38, through like kind of shipwrecks. I think shipwrecks was about as far south and then we kind of stuck to the road and we were like.
0: Shipwrecks is like as south as you can go.
1: Kind of before the well, highway starts cutting in, I think. And you have to like. Like Scorpion Bay was definitely like. We had this weird old like treasure map and yeah. I don't know where we got it. It was literally a treasure map yeah. of surf spots and like. Kind of like markers that you want to keep
0: an eye out for. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, and scorpion because, because shipwrecks you start coming back north actually on the eastern cape, right? Shipwrecks is on the the
1: western cape. Like K thirty eight was kind of like the go to first spot. Like Puerto Nuevo, I think. Yeah, but K thirty
0: eight is way is way north. up north.
1: Yeah. And shipwrecks, I want
0: to say, was a few more. It's no. Then we're talking about different shipwrecks. It might be a different shipwreck because there's a shipwreck on the eastern cape that's like basically you're going back north again after you go all the way south. It was still cold water. Okay, it, it was, all right, so yeah, that sounds like it's on the west coast. It
1: was south of, um, oh man, what's the, I don't know why I have Sileeta in my brain because that's not it. What's that's Mainland. Yeah, what's the main town?
0: Like, Rosarito,
1: Ensenada. South, I think Ensenada, I think it's south of Ensenada. Okay. Um, but yeah, so that was like our, our last spot and then we just like, Fucking booked it all the way down. Wow. um, Towards where it got warm. And I'll never forget our first sesh, we got stuck in the sand. (laughs) Some kid uh, got sucked out in a rip. Uh, We had to save him. We had to hike in a couple miles to to like hail a bus down to like get some people to come help dig us out because our bald tires just weren't cutting it. (laughs) Like everything about it was adventure. But then we got down there and my buddy's brother, we called him the captain because he... uh, He worked on boats as like a whatever, a captain, I guess. (laughs) Um, But it was like he would work on rich people's boats. So he was like Nicolas Cage's captain. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of like the vibe he had. So at the time, he got a gig down in Cabo looking after, like, we called him the man. Like, we don't actually know the guy's name. But he was the man because he was like some oil guy from Texas that had like the full setup in Cabo overlooking you know the the town and it was like a four-story house and we went from like grubby like getting the shits eating roadside tacos like camping our way down to like all of a sudden he's like all right boys this is your home stay as long as you want no and we had like access to dune buggies to like we had our own pool a fully stocked fridge it was just like went from like full grub to like full balling in cabo so sick (laughs) and that was it like we were like man i knew at that point and it wasn't from like the balling part it was more from the grubby part actually <laughs> that like i want to go on surf trips for the rest of my life yeah,
0: yeah like yeah. that's
1: where every decision i make is going to be based around what's the next trip so i guess that was the, the long version of it was that was how i started surfing and kind of knew i was like this is what i want to do mm-hmm. like there's no other option you just know
0: totally and and how old were you when you did that trip that trip would have been right out of college. I was twenty-two. Twenty-two. So wow. like still, so you still, only still been older. surfing for like four years by that point.
1: Yeah, like still older in the grand scheme of things. Like, you know, boogie boarding as a kid and didn't start surfing till older. Like, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of progression that happened. Like I look at the groms out here now that started so young. And they're like full ripping on different board types. Oh, I know. Like way before I even stepped foot on a surfboard. Yeah, I know, I know. So Part of me's jealous. But yeah, I'm like... I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> part of me
0: is jealous because I'm like, look at these kids go. Oh, they're going to be way better than us real soon, if not already. Like when did <laughs> you start? I started surfing semi-late, uh, not as late as you, like 10, 11, 12 years old, I think I got my first surfboard. I want to say like around 11. But like you, I had been boogie boarding pretty avidly all the way up until that point. You know, like it was all about just getting into the ocean and just getting thrashed around the shore break whenever possible. And where did you start? I started, well, on Long Island right around here, you know, up and down, up and down the, the whole coast because I had friends out here, uh, out here in Montauk. And so like every once in a while I got lucky to, to hop along a ride with them out east. Uh, otherwise it was just like whenever my parents felt like having a beach day you know <laughs> I was like all right let's do it At the mercy of your parents yeah yeah and and you know what was really lucky for me my dad is a sailor so it wasn't hard for me to convince him to get, yeah. go to the beach and he kept his hobie cats like uh, right on this inlet you know where he could launch his boat and then sail into the ocean and it was like so talk, so talk about my first surf trip my first surf trip exploration was just when i was like 10 years old my first surfboard Walking around the inlet to the ocean side and just finding little nooks and crannies to surf And I mean when you're ten years old, it doesn't take much to get yeah. pretty amped, you know And so I would just set off with my board and in my wetsuit full yeast mode you know, Like walking around <laughs> all, day floor, long. all day long. You totally, don't get out of that thing. Totally grommed out probably peed in it five times by the end of the day <laughs> and uh, Yeah, and that, that's like kind of where I started learning to surf back west and um you know, on Long Island.
1: So when did you progress to giving lessons?
0: So that was well down the line, uh, not until 20... 20- hey, who's conducting this interview? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was well down the line in, like, my early 20s when I started teaching. And that was more, you know, with, like, Corey and his crew. Oh, my God, look at this Dude, set. It looks so fun out there. Whoa, I- maybe a session two is in the books, my huh? Oh, my
1: God, the wind's just still sheet glass. Oh,
0: look at John these are on like, number
1: two. These are gifts, too, and they come right after a holiday weekend. Yeah, isn't it?
0: Oh, John just making it so easy. And the cutback. Drop me. I wish we had a video of this. I know. Every once in a while I do it, but it's just so much to think about. Video, audio. <laughs> that was a good one, Johnny. John is always having fun. John is always having fun in the water, out of the water. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Yeah, if if you haven't listened to that episode, you got to go back. What was that, number 99 or 98? It's something like that, but yeah, definitely if you
1: guys haven't heard John tell a story. John and Chris going back and forth because they've known each other a long time. So it flows so well And the whole episode. You're just like kind of waiting on like, oh my God, what's going to
0: happen next? Like, this is so good. <laughs> and like, I honestly had to go through my list of stories with John that I was like, oh boy, what do we pick? Which, which ones know?
1: can we tell? Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> there was a few I was like, oh, I can't even bring this one up. This is like- <laughs> okay, I'm going to put you on the spot now. Yeah. Kookiest moment. What's one of the kookiest things you've ever done? Most embarrassing? Just like, oh God, how did I let that happen? Oh, dude, so many, obviously. <laughs> um, th- this one always
1: stands out though. I, um, I used to surf Rockaway a lot um, and uh, paddle out at 90th street with two buddies. But like, it was at, you know, the start of a pulsing hurricane swell. And you paddle out on the left side of the jetty because there's always a nice rip that just sucks you right out thing is we're like so amped i didn't sit there and watch sets first to like kind of time it like it was just you know my two buddies just went out and i just kind of was a little slow jumped in behind them but without observe like so here, here's like you know this and you probably teach your your students this like on a big swell you always want to sit and observe first mm-hmm. like you want to know what's going on before you paddle out well i didn't <laughs> and i got just about to the end of the jetty and you know you have that feeling of oh shit the ocean like is kind of sucking dry a little bit right now and you see on the horizon sets coming Mm -hmm. and like that oh shit factor of oh my god there's no way i'm gonna make it through these And like, you're paddling with with everything you have. Your fingers are tingling. You're just like, (laughs) you're full of like panic mode and it's (laughs) You know, you're alive in that moment. It's like the best and the worst feeling ever to happen. Because I'm like, just coming up on the end of the jetty, they're coming. I'm like, do I ditch? I don't think I can duck dive this. Like, I don't know what to do. I I think I ducked over the first two. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to make it. And there was like five behind it. The next one just pulled me back enough that like, I was standing on the end of the jetty, watching like the next three coming at me, oh and like I didn't get smashed, but like that like, oh shit, of like holy crap, I'm okay, like I'm in one piece, it's not as bad as I thought but, oh my god, they're still coming for me, and then I dove off the other side and like made out, made it out like fully unscathed, but like, it was so embarrassing knowing that like, all the homies are sitting there watching this happen, yeah, yeah, and yeah. like, I know better, yeah. and like just totally <laughs> ended up marooned on the end of the jetty like (laughs) it was so embarrassing Uh, because everyone's watching you and they're they're partially scared for you like oh my god he's gonna get so smashed also laughing like you dumbass. like what are you doing on the end of the jetty (laughs) talk about being
0: between a rock and a hard place Uh, oh
1: it's uh it's the best and the worst feeling ever I, i don't know that it happens as much like it's also like one of those rites of passage like i mentioned before like On a surf trip, your first time ever surfing a reef, like it's bound to happen, because there's a few news to you there. Like if you've grown up surfing beach breaks, the first time you go to, first time you go to take off on a reef, the water's so fucking clear. Yeah. It may be five feet deep, and it looks five inches deep. Right. Right. And you're like full panic mode, like no way I'm
0: going on that thing. Oh, I remember that so distinctly, thinking that like the reef was right there, when really it was a couple feet deep. It's a couple feet deep. Ideally.
1: But, like, the first time you get caught inside, there is nothing like it. Like, it's, I kind of, like, feel like everyone has to, you wish it on no one, but you also, you're like, no, dude, you have to go through this at one point. Yeah, it's of like, course. it really, like, that's being alive. Yeah. lie. <laughs> that utter helplessness of, like, I'm going to get smashed right now and there's nothing I can do about it. Like, it's so good. <laughs> it's
0: so true. Yeah, it's, it's like in the moment, it sucks, but afterwards, it's, it feels good almost, you know? You're like, it, it has to happen, like you said, you just got to go through it. It's part of what makes being a surfer, being a surfer. Like, you know, good things aren't good because they're easy and because you get away unscathed every time, they're good because they're really hard and because, because you nearly, like, got crushed and because of all these emotional roller coaster aspects of the journey, you know? that's what makes it so great and addicting and that you know you really want to come back for more otherwise it'd just be kind of boring you know dude you always have to earn it like no two sessions
1: no two waves are ever the same you're always learning you're always challenged like
0: so all right here's a question i just thought of like off the top of my head but as like a good surfer and all like what what is, do you have anything in your mind, any advice that another great surfer gave you that just sticks out with you so much? Like somebody said it to you, plain and simple, like as if it was nothing, but it stuck with you for the rest of life.
1: Uh, there, there's two things. One of them when I started longboarding, which wasn't until, loader, it wasn't until much later, can't even talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, Danny DeMaro told me the trick on uh, getting to the nose. And the trick in cross stepping was kind of keeping your back foot like this, front like this. And then when you get to the nose, that's how you steer. You're kind of steering with the back foot. Mm-hmm. I've never forgot that, and it changed, you know, not that I'm great at cross-stepping or nose-riding, but like, it completely changed that whole like process. your approach. The other thing was Shane Boyle um, taught, I don't know if you know who Shane is. But I actually do, yeah. Shane's like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, like permagram. I've known Shane for a long time, and we used to go down to Jersey, and I think that's where I first met Shane. Yeah, I think he's and from there, right? He is, and... Um, Shane is one of the best barrel riders I've ever seen. He's like got that one stroke under the lip, pulls into like bombs. Yeah. And Shane taught me to square up on a backside tube ride. Just square your shoulders up to the wave. And that whole squaring up, same thing, it completely changes how you feel like just your confidence on, you know, being backside on the wave and right. grabbing that rail and like kind of looking at where you want to go. Um, And the other part of that, I guess, was, you know, kind of a front side and back side, but like pointing that front hand is like your guy.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's some Jerry Lopez advice right there. That's some Jerry Lopez advice. And that that trickles down through all the surfers and everyone eventually hears it, but I think the original was Jerry Lopez. Yeah. Um, It makes
1: such a difference. Yeah. These
0: little things that like now you don't think about,
1: you're just like your hand's there and you're like, oh, my nose.
0: Your body, point it where you want to go and
1: follow it. It's weird. (laughs) It's kind of like batting or golfing like keeping your eye on the ball. It's funny how your body, when you you start that swing and your body just knows to put the bat there. It's like your body's just naturally adjusting to like, mm. your hand is saying, let's go here, and your body
0: just knows how to adjust within the wave. It's right. a subconscious thing that's so weird. That's actually one of my, one of the things, one of my criteria maybe, or, or just, One of the ways I judge where you're at in surfing, like when I have a new student or when I want to talk to somebody about how they're progressing, like an old student, is where they are looking. I'm looking at where a surfer is looking and for me that is the guide to what level you're at. Because a beginner is looking at their nose, you know, and they're looking at the trough. And maybe as they get a little more advanced they start looking a few feet in front of their board, but still looking down. You know, and that's, we just talked about this actually in a recent episode, but that's one of the reasons why people will say like, oh my God, it happened so fast, or I didn't see him and then suddenly he was there. Because if you're only looking three feet in front of your board, it is going to be pretty suddenly, you know? So true. And then obviously as you get better and better, your eyes lift and lift and lift until a point where you're paddling to catch a wave. But you're already, before you even caught the wave, you're looking at the next sections judging how you're gonna take off on this wave so you can make those sections. And so for me, a big part of what level of a surfer you are is where you're looking. And and you can totally, like when you look at surfers, you'll realize like that's so true. That's such an important part of it. But
1: I guess having been, like done it for so long I don't think about that as much like when you take off you're looking so far down the line to plan like do I need to fade this takeoff do I need to like what's my bottom turn look like am I getting a quick pump high am I going to the flats am I like
0: you know yep it's it's just like uh, it's like it's like a chess game you know like the good players aren't just making a move but they're thinking about how that's gonna play out across the whole next few moves you know yeah and and that's and it it, in, in terms of surfing it's your eyes you know it's where you're looking I like that analogy. Right on. Um, All right. All right. So let's wrap up with this one. And I'll let you say anything you want to say. You're like, because, you know, I always like to give people the opportunity to talk about themselves. I don't know. Oh, man. Like what you do, you know, if you have anything you want to talk about or like some brand you're working on, you know, (laughs) let people go check you out and find your stuff, what what you're doing in the world. Um, But before we get to that, what's your biggest fear? in surfing context? Um,
1: Injuries, anything that keeps me out of the water. As long as I'm in the water, I'm good. It's uh, not being able to get in the water is my biggest fear. Yeah,
0: yeah, fair enough. Uh, That really is like a big one. A lot of, I I haven't asked that question in a while actually, but it kind of used to be one of my go-to's. Yeah. And a lot of the older dudes would say that. Because they would start to recognize that you could potentially do something that keeps you out of the water. And so it came up a few times where they'd be like, just straight up, not being able to surf. That yeah. scares the shit out of me. You know? Yeah. And, and uh, so that's such a valid you know, thing because everyone thinks the obvious, you know, sharks, big waves. Oh, a little grom. <laughs> Getting a good one. Um, all right. Well, so what's going on with you nowadays? What are you working on? Uh, <laughs> Still just but, surfing and surf it's, tripping. It's, it's, yeah, I mean,
1: it, it's weird. I, I feel like I haven't grown up in that sense, and that like work for me has always been a, a way to pay for doing more of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if that's been, you know, the the best thing or ever thing or worst thing I've ever done. Um, I have no regrets on it, but yeah, it's just kind of figuring out how to keep living the lifestyle. Right. On. Um. There, there's no right or wrong way to do it. I've I realized. No, if you're happy
0: you know like what what are we doing on this earth but like staying alive and eventually dying so just make this time as happy and fun as it can be and you know different people find that in different ways i think it's that easy i do too i think it's pretty simple and straightforward you know you don't have to overthink it at all yeah man Surfing definitely has an impact on how you think about what you want to do with your life. <laughs> it really
1: makes you kinda of like figure like, ah, oh, how serious is this other stuff? Like do like what do
0: I really care about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it really is like a a perspective giver. <laughs> yes. Perspective, that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> uh...